Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Cow Nutrition Considerations at Calving and Early Lactation. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Troy Walls, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator based in Custer County. Thanks for joining me today, Troy. You're very welcome. And for those of you who are wondering where Custer County is in Nebraska, it's right in the middle of Nebraska, as you picture Nebraska. As we uh, talk about this article, Troy, you lay out some research that's been done at the University of Nebraska looking at how cow nutrient requirements change, especially as we move through the last trimester into calving early lactation. Just walk through with us some of the real measures of what takes place in terms of a cow's nutrient requirements, the increase in energy increase in protein that she needs to meet the demands of that growing calf. And then also once that calf is born, lactation in terms of providing the the milk that calf needs, especially as we look at the first 60 days after calving. Sure. Yeah. Those, those are all good questions that every cattle producer needs to consider for their operation. It doesn't matter if you're in Nebraska or you're on the West coast or the East coast or farther North or farther South. We need to consider our cattle, whether it's it's our mature cows or whether it's our heifers or three-year-old heifers too, we need to consider that and how feeding them does affect them. And we have to understand the stress periods that these cattle are under that can result in these nutrient deficiencies. Then we need to think about how are we going to supplement any of these shortages? And then the other thing we have to think about is we need to understand that we probably can't always afford to meet the cow's requirements. But as we think about our cow, we need to think about body condition scoring those cows. Of course, that's looking at the determining the, the fat cover of those cows. And it's on a scale of one to nine. We try to kind of aim for that body condition score five, a calving for our mature cows, and body condition score six for our heifers. But when we look at the nutrient cycle of requirements for that, for those cows in early lactation, those cows need 15 to 16 pounds of TN or energy per day and two pounds of crude protein per day. So in that early lactation, their requirements are very high. And then in late gestation, right before they calve, they, they really only need nine to 11 pounds. So if we're going to be putting any body condition on our cattle, we want to do that probably before late gestation. We need to be body conditioned pouring our cows at weaning. And if they're looking thin, or if they're not all thin, sort the thin ones off and feed them, but look at weaning, get their body condition score. And if they're not where they need to be, start feeding them at that point, because that is the most economical time to put weight on those cows. And the other thing we have to think about is that first calf heifer, not only does she have a calf growing inside of her, she is also still growing. And that second calf heifer is also still growing. And we would like that second calf heifer to be at a 5.5 body condition score at calving. And the other thing I always like people to remember is that heifer gets closer to calving. She cannot eat as much because that calf is growing inside of her and her dry matter intake decreases by 17% in the three weeks prior to calving. So you need to be feeding an energy and protein dense diet to heifers to compensate for this reduced intake of calving. So just thinking about this, Troy, of course, you mentioned this is really applicable to wherever you live, but as we think about a, I would say, more traditional calving date, 
uh, in the upper Midwest here in Nebraska. A lot of times those cows are calving in March. Of course, if they're out on native range or corn stalks, that's also when the forage available from a grazing perspective is often at its lowest. So just realizing the mismatch, so to speak, between what the cows or the heifers need and the forage available for grazing, uh, thinking about what do I need to supplement or provide in terms of harvested feed to make up that difference. And then you mentioned also just the importance of cow body condition score. And, you know, at, after weaning, that cow's nutrient requirements are really the lowest that they're going to be of the whole year. And so that is an opportune time to provide some additional supplemental feed if we want to gain condition. But we also know that once that cow calves, uh, it's hard to have a cow gain weight after calving. And we can probably maintain her, but just the demands on her, especially today's higher producing cows in terms of milk production, it takes a lot of energy and protein to meet their requirements. Yes, it does. And I guess I like producers to think about their ranching philosophy, what their, what their goals are. And I also like them to think about what they have for resources on their ranch and how that fits into their nutritional plan for their cattle. I like ranchers to keep an inventory of their feed. I like them to test their forage. So they do know the nutrient content of what they're going to be feeding. I like them to store their hay so they minimize any forage losses. Then when they feed their hay, I want them to minimize losses also because feeding or feeding our cows is the number one cost that we have. Understanding what the crude protein and energy and dry matter on a feed analysis is can help producers know what to feed and when to feed. And when you design your feeding program, match your forage to the nutrient needs of your cattle, whether it's heifers or cows. Then I also like those ranchers, like I said, to think about if their ranches have any shortcomings or any advantages in their forage resources and take advantage of that whenever they can. And a good example would be if they have any sub-irrigated meadows or they have any irrigated ground, or maybe they could have done some, had some windrow grazing available in the winter or if they can plant dry land annuals and get some early spring grazing when there's not much green grass for those cattle to be eating. And, and the other thing I think about is if you have put body condition score or weight fat on your cows and they're in a good score at calving, when are those cows going to grass? Can you afford to lose a little bit of condition when you're going to grass? I mean, that's the other thing to think about, because like you said, once that cow calves, we can maintain that cow, but it's going to be very, very hard to put condition on that cow. And we always need to think about those cow effects that we have also. And those cow effects are affect breeding and also our feeding affects that baby calf when it's born too, because as body condition of that dam increases at calving, the amount of immunoglobulins, those antibodies in the bloodstream that will, in that cow that will go into colostrum and that calf will get those, that immunity. If we have thin cows at calving, they may give birth to calves that are less vigorous and slower to stand and nurse. And if the cow's thin, her colostrum is poor. So if we have this combination of poor forage quality, then we have bad weather and when cows are thin, we're just kind of setting ourselves up for kind of a wreck for getting that cow rebred, getting that, keeping that calf healthy. Troy, as you think about current environment, you've mentioned the need to test hay, know what you have for quality. 
Um, you also mentioned, you know, thinking about a nutrient dense diet as we think about supplementation, especially for first calf heifers, as you work with producers and you think about analyzing, looking at their feed costs, especially in today's environment where we have high priced distillers grains, high priced hay, I think it's as important as ever to really be uh, purposeful about knowing what your feeds are, that, uh, testing those, and then thinking strategically about supplementation. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is, if you're feeding your whole herd to get that thinnest cow fat, you're overfeeding all your other cows. So you're, it's costing you money there. So if possible, maybe you can split your herd a little bit and feed to animals that are in similar body conditions for us. I know that's a little bit more work for you, for, for the rancher. But as we think about having a sustainable ranch that's economically viable each year, those might be some things that we have to consider. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today, Troy? I guess the body, yeah, one thing, the body condition of beef cows that calve in the spring influences the productivity of the herd. And as that body condition of a cow increases a calving for March calving cows, that interval from calving to the first asterisk is reduced. So the other way to think about that is if we have thin cows, body condition score four or less, they are slower to rebreed after calving compared to cows in moderate body condition. So just for an example, a, a cow that's in a body condition score four at calving, it's going to take her 69 days to her first heat. Whereas if she was in a body condition score of five, it's only, only going to take her 60 days. So you gain about 10 days on that first heat. And that's 10 more days a calf is going to be growing and be weighing more weaning. So it kind of comes back to that economical aspect again. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Troy. My pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article that was discussed, Cow Nutrition Considerations at Calving and Early Lactation.